Yo, JJ, I got this girl. She loves Jesus. She's got everything together. She's amazing. One problem, her family is cray cray. Well, guess what? I got you. What's up, fam? This is JJ. It is a Friday. Happy Friday. We got a mini manso coming your way today. You come to me, you ask, yo, JJ, I got this girl. She loves Jesus. She's got everything together. She's amazing. One problem, her family is cray cray. Well, guess what? I got you. Let's do this. So we're going to get all up in it today. I think this is an awesome question. Uh, there's tons and tons of great things to look out for. And there's a lot of things that you can do uh, if you find yourself in a situation where her family is acting a little cray cray and you need some help on deciding how you're going to go about it. Um, now, before we jump into the episode today, a couple updates. Number one, you know, we just got to thank our patrons. You guys are what's keeping the show going. We're so grateful for you. Uh, if you guys have not joined Patreon, I'm going to ask you again, and I'm not going to stop. Would you consider giving us a coffee a month? Would you consider giving us a Chipotle double meat out of the guacamole a month? Would you buy me Chipotle as a thank you for these episodes? That would mean the world to us. What I'm loving, if you guys are someone that has an extra bedroom or a couch and you've been hosting people, I was just with a young couple in Nashville, and we do this, but they went above and beyond to welcome me, to give me a basket full of food uh, and snacks and a letter. They cooked every meal. I mean, they went above and beyond. What I'm going to just shout out that I'm loving is just hospitality, especially the gift of hospitality. If you guys have been given this gift or you're someone who finds yourself hosting, one of the best ways to make a person feel loved and welcome is to serve them well, like selflessly, and reassure them that they're not a burden. And it's an honor. And what I love as Christians is it is an honor for us to lay down our life, to give time, money, for to financially cook food, and deprioritize other areas of our life so that we can prioritize them and just saying, hey, you're my guest. I wanted to go out of my way to serve you. It's a genuine honor and joy. That is not a common attitude. Like you get that when you pay for a service, you know, at the Ritz, at the Four Seasons. And really the irony is that when we most give ourselves away, that's actually when we are most fulfilled and satisfied with our life as Christians. So if you guys are a host going above and beyond, when Kate and I host visitors, we love to just say, hey, what is one way that we can go above and beyond with snacks or the way that we're accommodating this person to really just make them feel loved? Um, so that being said, let's jump into the episode. I think, you know, as you guys know, it's a man so this is for men uh, and evaluating a female's family that comes with her. But you guys feel free to flip flop and reverse it as you see fit. Here's the reality that we have to think about as our foundation. We have to approach each situation so differently because when you are concerned about your girlfriend's family, you are probably doing this because her family 
is directly impacting your relationship. This is not something that is like you see in their life that is, you know, important. It's their career, how much they're getting paid. Like this is something that is coming with her. It is directly impacting your your relationship now and it's only going to get bigger in the future. So it's absolutely something that you have to take into account and be incredibly aware of and prepared for. It is a really big deal. And I would just say as part of this kind of foundation and heart check that we're having, I was just recently talking to a friend about this episode who's married this past year. And what is hilarious is that they both went into their marriage and before that, their engagement and their relationship uh, with an assumption that, hey, I love you. I really like you, but your family is crazy. And I've been around a lot of families, but yours in particular is nuts. And what's ironic is that they both had <laughs> the same assumption and thought about the other person's family. And the truth is that your family and your familial dynamic is the most familiar okay like your baseline of normal is going to be different than every other family on planet earth and their family and their dynamic and how they operate and treat each other and do conflict is going to be super foreign and not make sense to you especially the things that are wrong or broken that you don't enjoy the things that are wrong and broken in their family those are going to stick out like a sore thumb, just like the things that are unique and special and that you really appreciate or like about their family. But the negative ones, the negative things, the negative aspects, the things that they don't do well in their family will stick out above and beyond more than any other thing as you evaluate and observe their family. So before you start to evaluate their family, you should absolutely be aware and have maybe worked through your own family of origin, your own familial dynamic as you have grown and matured through the years. You know, if your partner, your spouse, your girlfriend, they bring up things to you about your family that are wrong or broken or not okay, it it should not be shocking. Like to a large degree, it shouldn't be shocking because you've already evaluated your family of origin. And just as a, a side note, you know, we were talking with... um a dear friend, a pastor, and uh, their advice regarding, you know, what are the things that are most impactful or that shape you in your life? And the three things, and this has always stuck with me, is the three most impactful things are your personality, which is given to you by God. Number two, your family of origin, which you didn't get to choose, which we'll talk about. And number three, the Holy Spirit. Now, those first two things, what's kind of crazy is you didn't get to choose them. You didn't get to choose your personality and you didn't get to choose your family of origin. And yet these are two of the most defining impactful things about how you operate today, which leads to number three, the of the three, this is the only one that you get to choose or engage with and participate with. But the Holy Spirit kind of takes these, these base ingredients in your life and forms and shapes them in what I would call sanctification over time to mold and shape you into who you are today or who you could be in the future. If you are dating someone, their family is, let's call a spade a spade, their family is a bit crazy in, in every sense. Is it a red flag? Well, if you were in the South in the Bible law and you grew up like me, <laughs> you would hear one thing that's branded into your memory, which is, son, when you marry, 
a girl, you marry her family. <laughs> when you when you marry a girl, you marry her family. I'm like that was all I heard growing up, and I would you could literally exclude or include girls that you would marry or not based off their family and their quote reputation. That was that's not from 50 years ago. That's that's literally what I heard growing up. So it's not old-fashioned theology. This still very much exists. And I would say today like and when we say like the western culture and I I really mean the uh, American culture because it is so hyper individualistic. A united and connected family is actually one of the most rare things you could find because we have such an emphasis on, hey, you live your life today. And and that's really the most important thing about you is, is how you live your life, not the family that you come from, not the family that you're going to join or the family that you're going to build. It, it really is this hyper individualistic culture and your legacy. That is the most important, which I really don't enjoy. Um, so... Truth be told, I am a sense girl through and through. I have gone through so many candles. JJ has looked at our monthly budget multiple times and gasped at the amount I have spent. Okay, true story. But you guys, I found the greatest option for those of you who love your homes to smell good, but also want a more earth-friendly option without giving up beautiful, high-quality fragrance. It's called Notes Candles. Did you know the candle industry has a major problem? Almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year, and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years. Can you believe that? 1 million years. Insane. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again and again so you don't become part of the problem. It is so easy to use, you guys. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads. All you have to do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar, fill it up with the wax beads, and then enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. And then just do it all over again when you're ready for a new one. My personal favorite fragrance is the Santal and Atlas Cedar. It's woodsy, calming, and it just smells so luxurious. I cannot get enough. I love it. I want to encourage you to be a responsible consumer while not giving up your high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com forward slash HOD. Notes is giving our listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code HOD. That's code HOD at notescandle.com forward slash HOD. You know, and I would actually argue, and and what you actually see in maybe more traditional or Eastern traditional cultures is family is everything. It's actually the opposite. The pendulum is not individualistic or family is important. It's family is everything. Your life doesn't really start in traditional Jewish culture. Your life didn't even start till you got married. Like there was no such thing as singleness in your single legacy. It, It was all focused on your marriage and who you marry and that family's reputation. Uh, marriage was the quintessential essential thing for you to do. Uh, and it was really how the entire society operated was who you married and you know your class system and the name and reputation that you're going to be marrying into. So we've swung the complete opposite way. And what I would just simply say is to find a family that's united and connected is a diamond. It is a gem. 
in today's culture. And what it really shows is to have a close family requires that much more intention. To have a close family requires severe intentionality because, you know, if the culture says family is not that important, well, if we're going to have a close and connected family, we have to try extra hard. Like there's no default cultural system to rely on that is making us operate, you know, as a close family. But depending on what family you are marrying into, like that family is going to look so severely different. To ask yourself, is this family in the way they, they interact with each other, that they treat each other, that they're going to treat me, our marriage, our future children? Like, is it a red flag? Well, to do so, I'll be honest. Number one, I would just say because of your family and origin and their family and origin and how that's going to cloud the picture, uh, it's going to make you impartial. You're going to be subjective. You really need to seek wise counsel. Forget you trying to figure this out in your laboratory and me asking you really awesome questions. Like if her family is causing significant problems in your relationship, you should really get the assistance of a wise therapist or counselor, like someone who has seen hundreds and hundreds of families or thousands and thousands of families because they can provide very clear guidance on how to navigate some really challenging family dynamics. They can tell you what to look out for. They can give you lots of stories on how they have seen this play out, how it can go well and how it can go poorly and what you need to be looking for. So I would just say like find someone in your local radius within your church or your counselor network and ask them like right away, give them all the details. Don't withhold anything. Be very, very transparent and ask them. Number two, I would, I would honestly communicate with your girlfriend, communicate with your partner. Like you have to have the ability to have open and honest communication. When you talk with her about your concerns, you know, really, really Ask her questions. See if she has any radar or grid that these dynamics, the family's behavior is not okay. Like, does she justify them? I would really go in there with the communication and desire to understand her perspective. And you can really evaluate, like, is she operating as a team player as part of your relationship? Or is she so blindly committed, quote, committed to her family that she can't see any of the dynamics that are playing out as wrong? And that's a red flag for sure. If they are so blindly committed, quote, committed to their family because family is important and you can never say anything bad about family. Family has this hall pass to act however they want because, hey, family's family. Family's hard. Like if they're in that mindset, I would say for sure you are in red flag territory like this is this is not good, uh, which would lead me to to number three. If they violate boundaries, it's a red flag. Meaning, like you have worked and you have established boundaries with their family, certain members of her family to protect your relationship, to protect your partner, or to protect yourself. Uh, when you guys and I would totally just to clarify, these boundaries are established together with the goal of preserving and maintaining a healthy relationship, right? Boundaries are established together with the goal of preserving and maintaining a healthy relationship. Boundaries are not created and enforced so that you have an easier life. They're not created because you just find this person annoying and you don't really feel like hanging out with them. Like boundaries 
I personally take boundaries really seriously and only enforce them if I feel like I have no other choice. I feel like we're kind of now the pendulum swung to a hyper boundary culture where it's like, uh, this is unpleasant and it's a hurdle. I don't want to deal with it. Boundary, <laughs> right? That's not the purpose of boundaries. Um, but if those fundamental boundaries, especially what I would say is the small boundaries, the little ones, the easy ones, if you find yourself in a position where small boundaries, and I would say the more small, the more important you need to be aware of those being consistently violated and overstepped, absolutely, you are in red flag territory. Because if they're violating boundaries in the beginning, especially the small ones, well, you <laughs> they're absolutely going to be violating them in the future, especially when it comes to the bigger ones that actually matter. So those are a few symptoms and roadmaps that I can think of off the top of my head. I would say like what's more important about, you know, the red flags of their family, because if I'm being really honest, like there's dysfunctional families and then there's families with problems. And there's a huge difference between the two because every family you meet is going to have red flags. I'm, I'm so sorry, but you're not talking about one person. You're talking about multiple parties involved, multiple levels of brokenness. Probably not everyone's a, a Christian in that sense. And even if they are Christians, you're still going to run into red flags. Like family is so difficult and challenging. There's going to be issues and challenges that that family has not figured out. You just have to decide, is this a red flag and a problem and a challenge? Or is this dysfunction, abuse, uh, this is incredibly bad uh, behavior that is damaging my partner, it's damaging our relationship, and it's absolutely going to damage and affect and impact our future family together. And how you handle those conversations really matters. I would say you and your partner, in order to just navigate family, period, you, you have to do three things. One, you got to come to each other as a teammate. Uh, you're not coming to enforce, you're not coming to dictate, you're not coming to you know really, really give a lecture. You are coming as a teammate who is trying to understand your partner's perspective. So really, really understand, just like you kind of did in the red flag scenario, really try to understand their perspective on their family of origin. They might have that commitment and that deep, that deep loyalty to family, but you have to work through that um, and you have to respect her feelings. You have to be very empathetic. And I would just say there, there's got to be a mate ingredient of seeking to understand your, your partner's perspective. If you're going to navigate this together, you got to really understand where they're coming from. Number two, I would say like as a team, you guys have to assess long-term compatibility. Consider the long-term compatibility of your family of origin. Like, can you two and what you guys have displayed so far handle the challenges that are going to come up from her family in the long run? Your family too. This is where you two are kind of starting to build the foundation of your relationship saying, this might be your family's values. This might be my family's values and their expectation, but together we're forming something new. We have left our mother and father and in that process, we are beginning to form and ideate what our ideal family's values and expectations would be. And you two have to make sure that 
you guys aren't aligned on each other's. And then two, you guys can stick to that. Like no matter how domineering, no matter how overpowering, no matter how pathetic, no matter how much pandering, no matter how much of a power struggle might be with your families, you guys are sticking to your guns, okay? And number three, I would just make sure that as you guys build relationship and you you go through that, you've met each other's families, you're in exclusive, committed relationship to each other, you're starting to evaluate this question of engagement and marriage, just make sure you're you know making informed decisions and you guys have a really good idea. Like you guys should be able to look at each other and talk about and say, Hey, if we did get married, I could totally see this being a challenge and an issue. And then you work through on how to address them together. So you guys are aware of the battlefield in front of you. Number three is aware of the future battlefield in front of you. Um, I would say consider premarital counseling here. Bring in people who have gone through more dysfunction, more challenges, uh, and resolve them. Uh, and really understand that you guys are, this is the beginning of that unification and bonding of, you know, your new relationship. So it's super, super important. Um, I would just say like my big heart here, and if you leave this episode with one thing, it's this, no family is perfect. And more importantly, there's not a single person on earth in human history who has ever gotten to choose their family. There's not one person who's had the luxury and the opportunity to choose their family. And that is not an accident. They're not in their family by an accident. They've been given that gift of family and those challenges and those hurdles. But I grew up in the South where family was everything. And that idea and notion of marrying them and marrying their family and their family and their family's reputation and status if it's great, then awesome. If it's horrible, if it's abusive, if it's a, a really dysfunctional family, keep one thing in mind. They didn't wake up and choose that. So why would you ever hold that against them? You know, if it's a conversation of how they have chosen to respond to their family, especially as they're 18 in their 20s and their 30s and they know there's issues, there's, they know there's dysfunction and they've done nothing about it, That that's one conversation which I would also just approach with tons of grace uh, and empathy. Um, but more importantly, to hold someone's family against them, like if there's been a divorces, there's been abuse, there's been extreme chaos, I just don't understand how we could ever use that against somebody. The most important thing is who that person is today and what they are doing with their life. And family is important because it's going to impact your future relationship together. But what matters the most is who this person is today and where they are going with their life. And the reality is every healthy relationship and marriage, guess what? They are both coming from some kind of issues and challenges and imperfect family. And what makes the relationship healthy is how that couple has chosen to successfully navigate the challenges with family. You could really say this, challenges and conflict with family, it's guaranteed. You just get to choose who you do it with, okay? And you gotta have 
open, vulnerable, honest discussion with each other. You have to come with a curious and empathetic desire to understand your partner. And more importantly, you guys have to get on the same page that we are a team and we can conquer these challenges together. Okay. And the decision to marry each other, well, that's based off choosing to love one another, your desire to work together as a as a team and building on your friendship on fire and addressing the inevitable relationship challenges that come with family. So that's the episode today. I hope that was you know great for you guys. Kate and I have had a ton of personal challenges with my family specifically uh, and with her family specifically. Like just because someone has a microphone in their hand, like I remember hearing, um, I think it was John Piper. Um, his brother is like an atheist uh, who's had nothing to do with John, his ministry, his family, wants nothing to do with them, even to the point where I think um, he's dying in the hospital and just still spewing a hatred for John and his ministry and his beliefs. So the reality is that no one <laughs> is safe. Everyone has a challenge to their family and to hold it against them, I think is just completely, I'm sorry, but bull crap. Um, so there you go. That's my, my, my talk on their family's cray cray. I hope it served you guys well. I hope it was challenging. You guys really enjoyed it. I would just encourage you if you do find yourself uh, marrying into a Christian family that's really united, that's really connected, that really prioritizes family. Uh, what a divine blessing. And if you don't marry that, and if you don't come from that, there is so much hope and reconciliation and redemption and the thought that you get to create it now. You do get to create it. Like just because you didn't have it or just because you're not marrying into it, doesn't mean it's off the table for you and you get the wonderful opportunity of breaking the generational trauma, iniquity, curses, sin, and habits in creating something new, a house and a family that glorifies God. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go. Amen.